0: the florida gators got jeremiah smith on campus yesterday they're gonna have another kid on campus today we're gonna talk about that and more here on locked on gators you are locked on gators
1: your daily podcast on the florida gators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Mm
0: -hmm. Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon, as you can see right there. I hate doing that. My hand just feels so weird. By my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom Yeti style tumbler with every order. Joining me now for Locked On Gators, as he basically always does now, is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. He's all throughout the Locked On College channel. And this is what your third time this week on Locked On Gators. So. I think that is correct. There we go. Yeah, 60% of the time this week, uh, you're here. But we are talking about someone who hasn't been here too much in Jeremiah Smith, where on campus at the time of recording this right now in Gainesville uh, for a camp that they're running. And really that obviously, of course, send Gators fans into he's going to be a Gator right now. That just they, they just can't. Too big for their bridges. Too much. Too many good things happened, and now they think every good thing is gonna Ooh. happen. That,
1: Ooh, that's be, careful. be careful. Be <laughs> careful. That, that's that's how they're doing it now.
0: Um, but when you look at these camps, how much stock really goes into these camps? How much can players really help or hurt themselves? And how much time do coaches really even get to work with and coach up? Because I feel like you've spent so much time talking about, you know, the mentality of recruits. Like that's something that you can't really tell until they're on campus. I feel like this is maybe one of your best chances if you try to coach them up and see how they receive that. But, yeah, how much stock even goes into these?
1: It depends on the kid. Like somebody like Jeremiah is going to get different kinds of attention because he had an offer already. He's arguably the best player in the country. I mean, you, you can pull him to the side and have different conversations. And if he wants to stay longer, it's pretty much he does what he wants. So it's not really a part of your question, but it's just a completely different segment, like a top 50 kid. You have to spend extra time with him. Either that or you're probably not going to be employed long. I mean, it's how you lose is to fail at recruiting. It's the most important thing you do. I would say 80% of college football now is recruiting. And that includes the portal, but the rosters change so fast. If you don't keep up with the times and the things to do, you are dead in the water. So the Gators have done a good job, obviously, here lately. Uh, I mean, what is it, nine kids have got committed? So I think it's nine during just this month alone. So Jeremiah is back on campus. It can't hurt. He's been there before. I mean, how could it go wrong at this point? Because he's, he's comfortable or he wouldn't have come back. That's the first thing you need to remember. They're going to maybe work. Maybe that's what he wanted to see, too. How does the receiver room work together? How does the receiver staff work with, the, you know, all the other coaches, I don't know. But I, I know him well enough to understand that he's very serious about his craft. My guess is he wants to see what it's like to work with Gonzalez one-on-one. That's just my gut. But most kids, they don't get a lot of individual time. The coaches don't have time for it. These camps are made to make money for the guys that work in the back office and stuff. They get all this money from camps. That's how they, they pay their salaries, literally. So that's what it's really for. The recruiting's the bonus. It's not the priority.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd imagine that Billy Gonzalez is spending a ton of time with Jeremiah Smith right now. And you know, look, if Jeremiah Smith is there and he's like, hey, I want to see how Billy Gonzalez works with me one-on-one, I feel good about that as a Gator fan because I, I just trust Billy Gonzalez as a developer. We can talk about recruiting as a whole other thing, but as a developer, I think Billy Gonzalez is pretty good at receiver. But another big thing that made Jeremiah Smith make Twitter waves this week Uh, canceled a Penn State visit and is visiting Miami this weekend. And that leads me to ask two questions, but I'll I'll start off with one. Should Florida Gators fans feel concerned, or not even feel concerned, should they view Miami as a new competitor in this Jeremiah Smith battle? Because for a while, Georgia fans felt they had him or they had a shot at him. And then it was like last week that Jeremiah Smith was like, hey, not not really Georgia right now. It's Ohio State, Florida. And now Miami's throwing themselves back into the picture. So should Florida really view them as an opponent for him?
1: Miami's never went away. They've always talked to him. It's the school right down the street from where he lives. They're not going away, brother. Uh, I know Florida fans hate Miami fans and vice versa, but that he doesn't really care about that stuff at all. He's just looking at it from a long-term development standpoint, and he thinks Miami is a possibility, so he's coming for a visit. It's that straightforward, and I would bet my bottom dollar that at some point this fall he goes down to Miami for a home game too. It's just close, so it's it's easy. And Some of the kids that he knows that he grew up with either committed to Miami or already on campus. Miami is not going away, so they are definitely a legitimate threat.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side of that, And this could just be me being kind of optimistic about things. But if you're a Florida Gators fan looking at, hey, Jeremiah Smith is going to visit Miami officially. Could you kind of take that as, or should we maybe talk about, hey, maybe he does want to stay in the state of Florida and that this is a legitimate possibility here of him just saying, hey, you know what, maybe I I do want to stay home with it.
1: Well, it would be three schools in one month that he's visited officially within the sunshine state. I don't know how you wouldn't at least have that come across your brain waves, Jeremiah. I mean, I know him pretty well. He's a very serious business-like kid. He's not your typical 17 year old, very mature for his age. I would be surprised if that hasn't at least crossed his mind too. It's a long way to Ohio, but I mean, I've had conversations with him on the record and off the record. He loves the Buckeyes. He likes the staff. He likes how they recruited him. He obviously, Kind of hard to argue with their wide receiver development. It's not not really negotiable there. It's elite, so all those things have played in. But he still takes these visits. Yeah, I mean, three in a row, all in the same state. Probably pretty interested in. You no, know, well, Ohio State was in between the Florida, Florida State, but he was going to take that one eventually anyway. The three in a month, though. Yeah, I, I think that. Standing in states more viable now than it was. Why? I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm curious to see him in the next couple of months, go, go to a practice or something at Chaminade. But yeah, once he got the four to visit and then he set the four state visit, I knew eventually he'd visit Miami. I'm like, okay, things have changed. So yeah, I, I think the chances of him not going to Ohio state have increased.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned that it'd be difficult to argue against Ohio State's receiver development. The I think it's ridiculous. You know, I have a little saying on here that I like to bring up when people do stupid things, and I'm like, anyone with even a wor- one single working brain cell <laughs> would not argue that. Like, like you, just can't, you can't argue about the best wide receiver coach in the country that's gotten just consistent yeah. talent to the NFL. But I am going to put you on the spot a little bit here. If you had to give the top three in order for
1: where Jeremiah Smith winds up, what would they oh, be? Oh, wow. Um, i go Ohio State four to Miami. Um, until he doesn't commit and sign with Ohio State, I'm going to pick them. I'm just going by face-to-face conversation. But at the same time, his actions don't match everything that he said because he's taking more visits and stuff than I expected. So this is wild. Uh, And I don't really expect anything to be solidified until his paper has been faxed over whatever it is they do on signing day. This is not going to be the last time we talk about Jeremiah, and quite frankly, it won't even be near, there'll be 10 more times probably. I'm that
0: would be my min- minimum. Every time a receiver drops a pass, I'm going to bring up Jeremiah Smith. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the thing I, I do.
1: Mark <laughs> it down. going to have Brian on talk about Jeremiah Smith.
0: Yep. That's it. every once I see uh, that hit his, uh, I hit his hand's texting you. Just we're <laughs> <time> talking Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what we're going to do now. This episode of Lockdown Gators is being interrupted for damn good reason. Bird dogs. I need to tell you about them because I'm wearing them right now, but I'm not going to stand up and, and, and do that to you. <laughs> but I am telling you that. Thank God it's summertime because, man, it's skies out, thighs out. That's what we're doing with these bird dogs. They're the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. Love going to the park with them. Love going to walk or going for walks in them. And hell, let me tell you. You can go to the bar with them and be nice and comfy the entire time. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order on the flip side of things, literally flip side of the field. (laughs) Defensively, Florida's picked up a little bit of steam with Teddy Foster. He said, you know, picking up that Florida offer was huge for him. He felt like he was very, overlooked by schools in the state of Florida and so Florida being one of those schools felt great for him obviously. but I, I did want to say he's he's not very experienced. He didn't start playing till a sophomore year. great athlete size. Does that make Corey Raymond kind of salivate with him as as a multiple prospect? you go okay like he's he's inexperienced. He's brand new to the game. He doesn't have all those bad habits that people tend to pick up, especially when you could just out athlete everybody. So does that kind of make Corey Raymond just rub, rub his hands <laughs> like his
1: lips there? I think most coaches enjoy that. I've had some conversations with guys that are, that are like, you have to recruit the four and five star kids. Cause you know, they help you win, but the challenge is with this kind of kid, he's got talent and he's got the length. You can't teach. That's something you need. you got to have – what kind of piece of clay are you working with here? All right, this is a big piece of clay. He's, he's shown the film, but he doesn't play against the top – you know, he's not going against Jeremiah. Like, they're not playing Shaman, and if they did, that would be an ugly, ugly game. <laughs> uh, Cardinal Mooney's not on that level. But he has a chance once he gets to the next level. Like, numerous kids from the state of Florida, UF, especially in Spurrier's Day, they, they used to take a lot of kids from small towns like North Florida. I'm like, where the hell is that at? <laughs> and they would uh, – look, no – Know why here Spurrier and his staff knew what they were doing two years later, like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He's really good now. That's what this is. It's the challenge. If you can't take kids like this and develop them, how good a coach are you, really? Raymond took some guys like that when he was at LSU that were kind of from the sticks of the bayou, and they ended up going to the NFL draft. This is the same kind of deal, but this kid's probably a little more refined off the field and stuff. But like Mooney's a great high school. It's easier to work with that kid. He's probably pretty happy about it. I think he could play corner or safety. Raymond's, if I remember right, he's coaching the whole secondary now, isn't he? So this is a big box to work with. This is fun. This is how you can win games. You can find this kid that nobody else really wanted early, and they were the first school in the state of Florida to really go after him. It's ironic it was UF, too. (laughs) And now Miami's trying to get him on camp. Like, everybody's going, oh, wait a minute. It's hilarious because it, this always happens. Once one of the big schools offer, the other schools come too.
0: It's fun. Yeah, yeah, suddenly they love him. So, suddenly, <laughs> exactly. Suddenly, exactly. Miami and Florida State are going to be like, dude, we've been watching you for years now. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just um, you mentioned Corey Raymond coaching the entire secondary. How much of that really helps with someone like Teddy Foster or like, you know, Justin Denson, where you can play multiple spots, you're long, you're an athlete. But for Corey Raymond, he has full control over that secondary, so he can just freely move you throughout where, let's say last year, you know, Corey Raymond, Patrick Tony, you kind of had two people had to be on the same page here, where now it's just one mind working that secondary.
1: As long well as the defensive coordinator signs off on it, and, of course, you would talk with him about, hey, what do you think the best options are here? Of course, your depth chart changes with injuries too. If you don't have flexible pieces that at least short-term – Help you in a pinch, you're not going to win much in the SEC. Guys are going to get banged up, bro. It's going to happen. So, your corner might have to move to free safety or vice versa. And that's just the way it is. That's another reason that guys like Corey want length. They know that it's not an easy game, man. There's going to be days that it's, look, they're just good. We need, we need some help here. We need this size. So, yeah, I think that it'll play to a strength because you can try him out at different spots in his freshman year. And maybe he, you know, maybe he's a scout team guy. I, I have no idea. It'll, it'll play itself out, but you're going to try him at those different things. And whatever it is that it works out, Corey's going to be involved with it. Then he can fix his recruiting for the next class and the next class. You get a pattern. That's important. Yeah.
0: And Florida, I mean, talking about Teddy Foster, Florida's taken a solid deal of players where we hear, you know, they're developmental athletes, is what we'll call them along your offensive line. You've got three of them right there. You've got some in, at linebacker with the Darius Hayes is a great athlete who he's going to play linebacker or edge. Teddy Foster could play corner or safety. And, and you've kind of got that throughout this recruiting class. How, how do you feel about that strategy where you're taking a lot of these guys? And I mean, you still have some blue chip players, but you're, you're bringing in a lot of developmental pieces.
1: It's okay as long as you believe in your staff and you believe in your evaluations. If you don't, it's pretty simple. You're going to get fired. I mean, this is the SEC. You have to win. They're doing this even though they have got a top five class right now. What does that tell you? That means they know what pieces they want. They know the scheme they want to run. Napier and his staff have kind of figured it out, and now they're just going out to get their guys. They don't care what I think or on three, et cetera. Well, to a certain degree, they don't want to – throwing them under the rug either. That's the other thing. They, they only want us to write positive things, too. Coaches are very thin-skinned guys usually. But it's you've got to believe in what you do, man. If you like the kid from Cardinal Mooney better than some kid that's ranked higher, well, damn it, then go go recruit it. And that's what they've done. I love that. Napier did the same thing. Now, you got to remember, at one point, he was a part of Clemson's back office and all that. They do recruiting way different than most schools, and obviously have been very successful at it. There's no doubt he's taken part of what Dabo has done, and he was also in Nick Saban's office. I trust his judgment a little better than most when it comes to taking some three-star kid from the sticks of Mississippi or Florida or something. He's been around the block.
0: Yeah, also important to note that as you were talking, I realized I was like all these developmental players are at positions where you feel pretty good. Like if Teddy Foster comes in, you have Corey Raymond developing him. Your offensive line, you've got Rob Sale, Darnell Sableton developing them. Along at linebacker, Jay Bateman, you feel pretty good about what he can do. His biggest negative before this year was recruiting. And well, he, he's kind of answered that one a little bit. So Florida's doing it at positions where they have good developers. Um, but they they have another strategy that they're using this season that could work out, could not, but it, it's one of those things where college football's changing, recruiting is changing. Florida's we'll say rumored with with a little wink there. Uh, they're looking to take 20 to 22 high school kids somewhere in that range and then attack the rest in the portal after this year, use the rest of those scholarships for that. How do you kind of feel about that approaching and now
1: ever-changing college football world? You got to have a baseline. It's, it's called setting the board. Georgia, USC, Notre Dame, Florida, doesn't matter the school, you got to have a board. Here's our pecking order. But there's also a problem with that. Your pecking order in the NFL draft, you get to pick who you want. In college, the kids get to pick who they want and when they want. So it's really hard, man. Um, Some of the kids you thought you were going to get, you won't and vice versa. And then it comes down to that timing factor. If you've got a spot where you need more numbers, D-line, for instance, like they needed some D-linemen in this class and they went out, They've obviously done well there. They were fortunate to get those guys to make decisions early. Cause even if they'd have missed on a couple of those kids, they would have had time to go out and do something. That is not always the case, but they figured it out and they've got them and, and they got them committed to UF too. And it's an incredible run. They're still on. I think that they're going to be okay. As long as they have their plan. And at the end, like if you wanted 22 and an elite player like Jeremiah wants to come on signing day, look, it's, You know, the secretary takes that phone call. She has the right to give that scholarship. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? Like if Jeremiah called the front desk, she's, I'll go ahead and speak for Napier. She's allowed to go ahead and give out that. It's just how it works. You got to make room for elite players. So unless it's just a fly by night kid at the end, you might question the 22 is probably a soft number.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, let's say hypothetically, they do want to keep that, you know, 22 ish range. Some guys are going to be left out. One guy that, I again, I don't know this for a fact, but one guy that I think might have missed his opportunity is someone that I am a big fan of, Chris Jones. I know you're also a big fan of him. Yes, yes. With Florida, you've just got so many linebackers now because you've got a Darius Hayes, you've got Miles Graham, you've got Aaron Childs, you've got Jamonta Waller is like thought of as edge linebacker. A Darius Hayes is thought of as edge linebacker. Chris Jones has been talked of as... Edge linebacker possibility. So, I mean, with I feel like he might have lost that spot. But really, what goes into that? Because yes, if Jeremiah Smith comes calling, then you go. But
1: again, secretary, go ahead and make the phone call. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Billy, but, we got another one. So.
0: Yeah, but but as Florida, how do you kind of like where do you draw the line for someone like Chris Jones again? I've, I I would take him in a heartbeat. I, I think he's a great player, but might have missed that opportunity.
1: Oftentimes, it depends on your scheme situation. Florida, if they're going to run multiple types of fronts, odd and even, then it's different. Like if you're talking about running some 3-4 and different things like that, linebacker becomes more of a need. Are they going to use more of that? Are they going to use more three-three-five. They have to answer that internally because it changes your linebacker board. And you also got to figure out, like Hayes is one of the biggest enigmas to project in the country. I think he should play edge long-term and I've even talked to him about it, but that doesn't mean Florida thinks that, and it may be something that he's changed his mind about. you got to sit down with the kids you have committed and find out where do you really want to play and how can we make this work before you know that? I don't think you can answer the question about any other kid really, but otherwise it'd be kind of hard to pass on somebody that can run and hit like him. He's a good football player.
0: Yeah. And it's important to talk about with the Darius Hayes that when he committed uh, Patrick Tony was still the defensive coordinator was way less aggressive than Austin Armstrong. Now you've got Austin Armstrong and when when Adarius Hayes committed, he said, "Hey, they're they're showing me Ventro Miller film. They think they want to use me like that." Different guy you have there now. So that could be a completely different conversation, but there is another one or another player that I think could be missing out on that opportunity and and that's Justin Denson who You know, we love the name, Slim Reaper. We've said that that we love that. But I feel like Justin Denson and and Teddy Foster are kind of competing for that raw, long, athletic DB spot right now. And again, this is working under the hypothetical that Florida still wants to take roughly 22 kids. If Teddy Foster commits before Justin Denson does on July 1st, do, do you really cut ties with Denson there or...
1: What happens? I think that's a combination. Um, He could play safety. And because Corey's involved with the secondary overall, there might be a look at that. He might even tell him that he wants to see him play some more. Being that he's from Rhode Island does not help his cause here. That's my one concern, looking at it from Denson's perspective. But if you're Raymond, you only got so many spots, like everybody else on the staff, you got to cut bait at some point. What is it and when is it? I, I don't know. It's hard to turn down 6-2 guys, though, man. Um, it depends who wants to come first, maybe. Maybe you take the Florida kid instead. I don't know. That one's hard. I don't like turning down any DBs that are 6-2. I'd, I'd be curious to be in that meeting room when they have that discussion. But it it's valid. You can only have so many guys on scholarship and 85 for a roster.
0: Yeah, as we're having this conversation, I'm just – Increasingly grateful that I never tried to become a coach because I w- I would not be able to make the decision. I'd be like, yeah, give me all of the six two athletic DBs. Just just every one of them can come to Gainesville if they want, but not my call. I just get to criticize him. so that's fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College Channel. He does do more shows other than just Locked On Gators, but. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a frequent flyer here, but thank you so much, Brian.
1: Thank you very much, sir. Have a great one.
0: Thanks, Megan. Lockdown Gators, your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Please do be sure to join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Links in the description below. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators football again with Brandon Carroll from all Gators. He's coming back for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.